leaders who have taken the leap to business owner and participate with their great idea in our guest blog found on shareyourstories.online. Our guest is Trisha Ryan, a brand champion and trend expert with 30 plus years of experience in marketing and communications with a focus on the food and beverage industry. Trisha is co-founder of Food Biz Mentoring, where food enthusiasts transform their passion into a successful business. And she joins us from Oakville, Ontario. It's my pleasure to introduce and welcome Trisha Ryan. Thanks very much for having me. Pleasure to be here, Trish. I'm so excited to have a conversation with you today, Trisha, and talk about something that's near and dear to both of our hearts, and that is mentorship. So give our viewing and listening audience a little bit of an indication as to how you decided to create a mentoring program specific for the food and beverage industry. Well, I guess it could start off that, and, and we actually connected together through this when mm -hmm. I was mentoring with women in leadership. And I think, you know, but I, I'll also say, I think giving to the community, participating, helping people really comes from even your childhood. And um, I once cited that even my, my parents volunteered, which was not a sort of 50s, 60s things when you, when you think of how we've evolved as a culture, you know, and when you've got all the technology that allows us to, to co-create and work with people anywhere in the world. Um, but they used to volunteer. And I think that modeled for my brothers and myself. And through my whole career, there's always been that giving back part of what you did. So I was really lucky to have worked on many consumer packaged goods assignments. And um, this was certainly long before sustainability and those kind of issues became almost mantras for brands where we could go out and do things in the community and do volunteering activities, whether it was something like the Stephen Leacock Foundation, doing the run for children's charities, those kinds of things have always been an important part of the brands that I've worked on. And I guess sort of the things that matter to me on a day-to-day -day basis. So um, kind of fast forwarding, I was um, working with Restaurants Canada for a couple of years and I'd been asked because so many food service operators were moving to retail due to more than 365 days of being closed due to COVID. And, you know, it's one thing to have a spaghetti sauce or a salad dressing or whatever in your operation that your consumers want to buy. And, um, you know, when your restaurants closed, we saw a lot of that kind of shift. So we did put on a workshop series to get uh, restaurateurs to understand all of the steps that would be involved from getting a GS1 number to where you could not just use your kitchen, but then go co-pack food products, etc. And there seemed to be a fair amount of outreach around all of this. So it kind of transitioned and built into food biz mentoring, of which, as you know, there's hundreds of us CPG food and beverage people. Um, so I just reached out to all the people that have helped and supported me and put together about 50 plus people that are all willing to uh, participate, educate and support the food and beverage entrepreneur as they move forward. It also goes back to an important number that came out in a, a discussion I had with Food Bevy the other day. Once upon a time, you'd look around a food show and say, 80% of these people won't be here in two years. So the 20% success rate was pretty bleak. But uh, research is now showing that around 40% success rate. So what's that, what's that saying? That saying that these mentors and people are beginning to help 
the fact that you can do so much, the resources that are available, and even the big food companies have all sorts of programs like um, Whole Foods with their Elite program. I was just on a site with Monin and their food ventures and snacking programs. They're amazing resources. And I think that's the important part is getting out and sharing with people what's available uh, to save time, money, and stress for the entrepreneur. You know, I think one of the things that you, you really mentioned that I think will certainly resonate with our viewing and listening audience is people have to step outside of the traditional retail platform for food and beverage, right? I mean, I think you, you, we've all heard the stories or you've gone to somebody's house and, you know, they, they love to cook. So there's a little bit of chef in all of us, I suppose. Maybe not me. I'm really not the best <laughs> cook in the world. But, you know, I certainly love to eat. Um, but we, and then folks say, okay, why don't you open a restaurant? You know, you've got this great, as you say, you know, tomato sauce or, you know, uh, a condiment or whatever the case may be. But generally, they just, the traditional path has been retail, retail food and beverage. You know, it's important to understand 94% of all food sales in Canada do go through about five major retailers. Okay. Really? So, and the U.S. is about 10% less. And then, of course, we have the 10 times factor with the United States. So um, you could perhaps have a successful launch into California, which, you know, is that state is as big as of all of Canada with sure. population numbers. So you can be perhaps, you know, have the volume opportunity in, in a market like the United States. When you take Canada, though, that 6%. Um, is where we sometimes want to say to people, why don't you look? There are opportunities, like Home Shopping Network has 6 million viewers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Wolfgang Puck sold pots and pans. And um, there are all sorts of different channels. I know that uh, restaurant operators, someone like Mildred's Temple Kitchen, sold their pancake mixes to a gift basket company. And, and we're talking thousands of dollars in purchases in gift baskets that then translated that she could pay her rent. There are all sorts of stories like that that I think give people that aha moment. Oh, I, I, yeah. You don't have, and a farmer's market is not, you know, the only way you have to go. It's a good place to test market. Sure. A brand. And even if you look online, there are very few retail to consumer food shows in Canada. Um, one is Planted Life right now, and it's a big opportunity because uh, tens of thousands of people attend these shows in Vancouver and Toronto, and people can actually sell their products as an entrepreneur. It's, it's a good place to have face-to-face -face conversations, get a good feel for the market. And I know major retailers to take the listings. We have these uniquely Canadian sections that have been opened up, so people don't have to pay the same listing fees. They get exposure, kind of market test. Sure. But, you know, the retailer wants to know, what are you doing to get that product off shelf? If right. I give up a Kraft or Kellogg brand, I know exactly what the shelf turns are, how much money I make. And you've got to be able to deliver that if I'm going to, you know, take a listing from someone that is performing in my, in my marketplace. Sure. However, consumers want to buy local. Consumers want to buy you unique things. Our taste buds and palates have changed. changed yeah. The you know call it whether it's uh, vegetarian, vegan, plant forward, sustainability, ethnicity have all contributed to some amazing new products. So sure. the future is bright for food entrepreneurs, and uh, there are a lot of opportunities. 
And you know, I think that's a really important fact because I think that, you know, I always say the three to five year is the tipping point, right? So you start out with your great idea, you've got all this, you know, motion behind you to succeed and you've got all kinds of inspiration and you've got all kinds of folks helping you. And when you've been at it for three to five years is when you start to sit down and take a look, do really the hard number crunching because that's really when you decide whether you're going to move into a new avenue or whether you're going to continue to pursue what you've been working on. So in terms of the folks that you work with, the folks that you mentor, what are one of the things that you could share with our viewing and listening audience that's common amongst those folks in terms of skill? Is it innovation? Is it resilience? Is it, uh, you know, thinking outside the box? Is there a particular thing that you can share with us that you seem to find is, is coming out to the forefront? I'm going to say it's two things I've noted, noted of late. They often do have just a unique angle mm -hmm. uh, that they've added to something. Uh, more, most recently working with um, two entrepreneurs, they are actually a little bit more in the food service space, um, one of them is a wine sommelier that um, pairs wines with ethnic foods. And if you think the wine category is struggling because we baby boomers aren't drinking as much, right. and Gen Z and millennials have kind of gone to the no-low kind of beverages with a mix of bit of both. Um, but one of the things is that um, if you think of 30% of the GTAs, uh, you know, Southeast Asian, et cetera, and those foods don't necessarily match with shrimp goes with white wine and fish goes with white wine and red wine and all that. So taking all of the sensory aspects of Indian food or Caribbean food and having someone shepherd you through uh, which wines to pair in a restaurant or at home, to me, is just this little nudge that's just a little bit different. Um, and then I have another girl that works in social media and she's actually got some government grants or other grants and she goes into the heart of um, the Danforth or Kensington Market and is doing social media for those little small hot pockets of restaurants that we all want to know where the best is and these people are often older people from other countries are not social media dynamos yeah. and she's doing it for them so the thing is that they have multi, they're multi-talented, meaning they've gone and arm wrestle on social, for example, which some of us had to really work hard at because <laughs> it's not, it's not what we grew up in nature. Yeah, we're not digital natives. So I'm going to give them, there's that. They understand strategy. It's like they were taught it at high school as opposed to, you know, we went off to the MBA programs to learn how to do this stuff. Um, so they, they are multi-talented from Excel spreadsheets and everything else, they're very quick um, in responding on, on some elements. And then it's the heart part. You know, the part that uh, they're doing it because it, it matters to them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've worked in food for over 30 years and there have been some amazing brands. And, and I actually do have a small company that I participate in. But you think, why didn't you see a good idea and run with it? Sure. You know, I like the big picture and I, I like doing too many things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, the light bulb moment is different for all of us, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, for you, I think, it, you know, if one of the things that in reading your story and is certainly hearing you talk about the passion that you share 
in being able to bring these wonderful experts together to help to mentor and mentee, be both, I'm sure, within your program. I think it's the giving back that's the most important for you, Tricia, and the fact that you're able to see opportunities because sometimes we get tunnel vision, right, as entrepreneurs, our heads down, we're doing what we need to do just to get to you know next month, next quarter, next year. And sometimes we miss some of the things that someone else may be able to see looking from the outside in. So would that be a skill that you think you're bringing to this food biz mentoring program that other people, regardless of how long you've been in business, may be able to take advantage of? You know, I think it's the dot connection thing. And that's, you know, um, it, it's not necessarily something that um, you put in quotations. And yet that seems to have been the forte of, you know, um, the people that I'm working with is that, um, you know, we just get on a call and you connect a couple dots and think, I never would have thought of that sitting right. at my desk, right? Um, but someone tells me at some event is happening and I think, well, if I put that event with this, um, here's the big idea for somebody. Right. And that really get, you know, it, it breaks the lock jam, right? For sure. I mean, and what what is mentoring? And um, when you think of being a food entrepreneur, it's tough. You're going it alone a lot of times. You may co-partner and you may find that breaks up, you know, because the it, there can be a divorce, you know. Yes, uh, for sure. Someone wants to go here and you yep. find opportunity. Vision changes, right? Yep. And um, when you go on your own, yep, you can make the decisions. But then, as you said, sometimes there's just that little bit of a block. Yep. And it just takes. And, you know, I was always taught throughout my career to get a coach and work with people. And you certainly have spent time in, in helping in that space. I mean, we connected on that with women in leadership. Right. And um, it's really no different when you look at this, but particularly when you get the no's. Um, and I always used to say, no means don't know. Doesn't mean N-O. Right. And, and yet I had one yesterday. I don't like it, but okay. You know, yep. that maybe not. Part of business, right? We're, yeah, but we all... I think the other part is we're eternally optimistic, those of us that do this. And um, I used to see that in my, my stepson, and I hoped he never would lose that, you know, but he was just the dreamer. And, um, you know, so it takes a little bit of everybody to in balancing, actualizing and implementation. So it's, it's a fun business and everybody eats. Yes, absolutely. Now, so, you know, there's, we've all had mentors whether they're formal, informal, or inspirational. And I don't think that, you know, you and I could do the work that we do in trying to help others if we also have not been inspired by a mentor. So can you share with our viewing audience, who inspires Trisha? Who inspires you? And maybe there's one person at a particular pivot point in your career that you went, wow, that person really gave me a leg up and pushed me into a new direction. Well, um, I'm one of those people that signed up for all the programs. <laughs> so you weren't going to miss out. <laughs> no, no, no. Fear of missing out was, um, so you know, I think it happens in your 30s or 40s from an age perspective. You know, you kind of cobbled your life according to, and things were much more formal. Were you going to be a doctor, lawyer, Indian chief? You know, like, That's right. That's you know, right. when your parents said, when do you want to be when you grow up kind of thing. Yeah. 
Um, so I sort of went on this binge of programs and I was in California more than I was in Toronto and doing roping and all sorts of wonderful things. But believe it or not, I heard Debbie Ford speak in a church hall in Toronto and signed up for the coaching program, right? You know, those kinds of things were uh, doable. But, you know, I'm, I also went to Jane Fonda's home and did her fitness and diet program. Again, reading some article, cold, wintry night in Toronto. And next thing you know, I was off to, to uh, Jane's house and uh, having Isn't some fun in, in Joe Cocker's cabin, you know, and my the money I spent was apparently going to the Tempiki Foundation. So it was all charitable. So I felt good about everything. Um, sure. I think a lot of times it really the mentors have been your friends. Um, friends and family, because, you know, a lot of small business comes with love money. Um, For sure. So there, there's a bit of that. And then, you know, we've all been touched by when Oprah launched and it was like, I can do that too. We're not mm -hmm. limited anymore. And I think there's been, you know, whether it's a TED talk um, and sometimes though, it's, it's like sharing your stories online kind of program where hearing someone else is toughing it out and then got through, you know, failure is not a roadblock. It really right. is. Right. It's an opportunity. The, the stepping stone to success. Yeah. And, um, you know, you talked about what does the entrepreneur do at year three, four, five? Are you going to sell to someone else? Um, or are you going to keep going? And I think those are the forks in the room. That's why we need mentors and people who've been at those forks and say, I'm sorry, I sold my business. I'm so thrilled I did it. And here's what I did in the next part of my journey. But the other part is being open to that. It's not just, it doesn't look just one way. You don't have to be the vice president of marketing at a CPG company. Um, you can be in charge of, you can be the co-CEO of your own uh, small business and have some fun and meet amazing people in the journey. You know, I, I love the fact that you've you've touched on a few really important things. One is that, you know, it really does take a village and there's various different times in our life when different people that we meet will inspire us, whether it's formal or informal. And one of the things that we do in the guest blog is we ask folks to wear, to share three words of advice. And your three words are innovative, resilient, and visionary. So why don't you sort of wrap up um, your words of wisdom today with us and our viewing and listening audience and tell us why are those three words so important for you? Well, I know innovation is probably one of the most popular words. It's in everybody's CV. So um, buzzword now for sure, right? It, it is. And yet it's kind of what I talked about a little bit earlier where, you know, even I'm working with uh, Sachi Couture of Sicily and, um, she was an HR at an IT company and is amazing in the space of human resources and development. Here she goes, I meet her at a technology access center and she's got this thing called Sachili and I'm looking at her and man, that woman has been on a path and she is, she didn't start in the food industry. So she was innovative, but then she was resilient. Right. And what she did, she, I said, what's your little secret? And she said, I always have two or three meetings a week. If someone says no, then I go, instead of going down, I go, I've got that other meeting, got to be psyched. Right. So right. It, it helps in that. And then I thought a lot about visionary and I'm not talking about being Steve Jobs, um, you know, where he has been depicted as visionary. But if you've read his autobiography, he wasn't the happiest man either. Right. <laughs> you know, when you think of it. Very true. But I think um, we are visionary day to day. It doesn't have to be just the big brass ring. And I don't think we give ourselves enough credit 
uh, particularly if you are leading in a, in a SME business, in that creating that culture, uh, making your team comfortable, making pe people motivated, leading by example. So it doesn't have to be uh, extreme, but uh, keeping a hold of what the picture is, and maybe it is, maybe not a New Year's resolution kind of thing, but just jotting down the list of things you want to accomplish in the year and having um, those three words. Those are three words perhaps of advice, but you know, um, last year my word was gratitude. Uh, this year it's, it's shifting to joy. And then I'm also, my brother always talks about how lucky he is. And I thought, I'm going to put that in my word. But I always think of luck meaning that you are in the right location with understanding, connection, and knowledge. Not that it's just horseshoes. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Sometimes and, we have to be strategic with our positioning, right? I, and again, when you when great things happen, we say, wow, it's really lucky. But think about what was the hard the work and the understanding, the connection, and the knowledge that got yeah. you there. So I, th I think we can be lucky. So it's the year of the dragon. Come on. That's right. That's absolutely right. Listen, Trisha, I want to thank you so much. You've really imparted some wonderful words of wisdom for our viewing and listening audience. There's so many really great nuggets of information here for folks to unpack. And I want to congratulate you and your business partner for creating this wonderful space that provides folks with a lot of not only mentorship, but hope and innovative uh, opportunities, a little bit of resilience, and certainly taking their visionary dreams to life. So thank you so much for joining me today. Terrific. Wonderful to be here. And thank you too, Trish. To you, our viewing and listening audience, I'd like to thank you for joining us today for this edition of Keeping It Real, where we introduced you to the person behind the logo. If you'd like to connect with our guest, you'll find Trisha's contact information in the description portion below. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series. And if you're interested in sharing your business story, visit our website at shareyourstories.online. And for other inspirational stories, subscribe to our channel, Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real. Thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to meeting you next time when we share another great idea.